Peace, Star Hearts. Star Hearts State of Mind is back. We got a grab bag of stuff to talk about today. Uh, a lot of CAA stuff, a lot of Rich Paul stuff, a lot of RJ, Mitch, a whole bunch of stuff, man. Probably getting to the season schedule. Star Next Podcast. My man State is here with me today. Let's go. Hello, my brother. What is going on? My brother. What's up, bro? <laughs> my brother. How are you, my brother? <laughs> my brother. Yo, I thought about, yo, real quick, I thought about, um, remember the part in Coming to America <laughs> where the guy tried to rob the McDonald's? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. That was a classic movie, man. Every time I watch it, I notice something, li- a little bit, something that I didn't see before. <laughs> <laughs> that, nah, that's with any movie or any old cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, man? This is um this is really like 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 your thing here. You know what I'm saying? So you, you could just um just start whenever you want to, brother. Uh I guess we could get right into the the I guess we could talk about our centers at the moment, you know, Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson. But today it came out that Nerlens Noel files a lawsuit against Unclutch Sports agent Rich Paul. And since, since you're older than me, I would like to ask you, uh, have you ever like had business ventures fall through because of the person you was dealing with doing shady business? Or it's not even a business adventure, like something, just a venture or something of anything. Yeah, that, that's the nature of people, man. People always got something else. Instead of instead of just doing what you what what we you plan to do, there's always something extra going on behind the scenes. Whether somebody always got something extra going on, so that that applies for everything. It could, it could even be something as simple as, as like starting a, a tournament or or trying to run a team or whatever. There's always something behind the thing going on, like and then and nobody ever wants to um tell everybody the full story, you know, just leaving right. people in the dark and stuff. So I guess that's what's going on with um this Rich Paul stuff because I mean, if um if they had a plan and he hired him and stuff, he should have he probably should have um said something, you know? Yeah. And so basically, um, you know, Dallas was calling Rich Paul to offer uh Nerlens Noel seventy million. Now at the time, right? We was all I, was, I even I was baffled. I'm like, yo, why would he walk away from seventy million? And then yeah. it comes out today that Rich Paul told him to take the shorter deal, to take the one-year deal, and then he could give him a bigger deal on unrestricted free agency. Remember months ago, me and you was talking about uh, the Timberwolves, and they was doing shady business? And yeah. That was the Joe Smith stuff. Yes. And when they yes. Made, like a, made him like a promise contract that they couldn't really afford to pay him, and then it turned out to be big-time tampering. They lost draft picks and all kind of stuff. Yes. So, you know, he was doing shady business. And then back in free agency in 2017, you know, Noel claims in a lawsuit he was offered a four-year, $70 million deal by the Mavericks, a number that was reported by several, several news outlets that summer. During free agency, Noel said he fired Walters and hired Paul after they met at Ben Simmons' birthday party in Los Angeles. And, you know... Paul advised him to pass on $70 million offer and accept a one-year deal so he could be an unrestricted free agent the following year when Paul said he could get 
Noella more lucrative contract. And that's just from ESPN. So imagine you and 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 we can keep the race out of it because they're both African Americans. So it's nothing about race here, it's nothing about none of that garbage. But imagine you, your agent tells you to not accept the offer, and you get basically 65 million less than what you initially wanted. <laughs> How would <Yeah>. you feel? <laughs> it happens all the time. I, I, my mom, I, I, I can throw my, my mom out there, man. She um she had bought a house, but uh, this, they, they kept trying to tell her to, to buy a certain house, right? So I'm like, I'm looking mm -hmm. at it as a, as a young person. I, I'm helping her out with the whole thing. Uh, I'm like, this house don't have no value, you know. Look where it is, you know. Look, look, look at the size of it. Look at, look at how much, um, you know, work needs to be done to it, upgrades and stuff. The other house, um, was ready to move in. The, the people were still living there, but mm -hmm. as soon as everything came together, they were moving down south. They were taking the bread and they were going down south. But the whole house was, was, um, they were living in it comfortably, you know. So that would have been the better investment. It was in a better area, more quieter in this, that, and the other. Anyway, you know, uh, fast forward down the line, you know, my 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 mom abandons the the, the freaking place. Don't tell nobody. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's that's all shady business. That's my freaking mother, man. So I mean, like, it, it could it could come from from any it could come from anywhere. You know, people people that just bugged out, like they they have the, the thought in their mind on what they want out of something, and they just don't tell the whole story. Like Nerlens, Nerlens should have been a little bit smarter too. You you can't just trust the guy. Seventy million is seventy million. He should have just took the money. How much more money could he get? The dude can't even, you know, we like we were talking about on the other part, can't even create his own shot, can't even catch the ball, you know? What kind of people does he have around him? And remember, he was on Philly, and they were talking about how he was trashing his hotel and stuff. So I think he changed the people around him after oh. that time. So when he went to OKC, he was a, a great teammate. And speaking of um, Philadelphia, right, Noel, and this was after the fact. So Noel allegedly allegedly learned that Brett Brown, who was coaching the Philadelphia 76ers at the time, the team that drafted him actually, that the 76ers front office had been trying to contact Paul to discuss a potential deal and, and that Paul refused to respond. That's shady business, yo. That yeah. is shady business. Yeah, basically he's he's like fuck him, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, he should have he should have did whatever. He he's mad. Fuck him. That that's basically what that is. That's that's not cool. You know, that's also reputation too, man. Shout out to um Leon Rose. Um, Leon Rose has a, has a fairly great reputation with the whole CAA stuff. Like, we, like when he first came down, you know, we all was talking talking um craziness about how how they might um you know mess up the franchise or have their like CAA stuff or oh, we only gonna um get certain players now. Whatever, but now you know as things are playing out, it's it's just more of being in the know of what's happening out there. You know, mm -hmm. like Rich Pauls and stuff like that. I'm quite sure Leon Rose know that Rich Paul is is a piece of SHIT, or allegedly, you know, because um he used to work for him, right? He used to work for Leon. Rose. Yes, that that's the thing. That's the thing we gotta remember. They used to work together. So, I let me throw this at you. You think Leon Rose pushed Nerlens? to sue rich paul well you know no no less than well he's from is he from philly he's from philly right i mean i mean he got drafted to philly but i can search where he's from right now <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just asking because i mean when it, when all this was happening he was a young guy yeah so he has a, he has a little bit more maturity now um you know a lot of more not just a, just a lot more um uh in tune of where, where his career wants to be so 
you know, you get a little bit smarter about business. Every time, that's the one thing too. Every time you get screwed in business, you get better at it. You know, so so yeah. maybe it just it could be him, or definitely it could be it could be the guys that's around, man. Because it's not just Leon. You got Worldwide West is around. You know, all these different guys. You know, so you know they're around good people and stuff. So you know they they can you know get, um you know tip them off to certain things that's going on. And so it, yeah, they they probably do have a hand in it. Yeah. Yes. So and the- so it's sticky, man, because you know it can't come out that that Leon gave him any information because then now you're talking about a whole slippery slope <laughs> there now, and the whole you know you know fortress can come tumbling down after after something like that. So that so here's the thing, right? We got another star. We got another starting center, and Mitch Robinson, who actually fired Leon Rose his damn self. So now, I mean, who act, who actually fired Mafo? I said Leon Rose. Who actually fired Rich Paul? His, his damn self. Right. So, what did what was the discussions like when it comes to this topic? Like, I'm really wondering, like, what what is going behind the scenes? Because I I, I think something really bad is going to happen. I don't know if the NBA is against Rich Paul, but at the same time, it it, it seems fishy. Now that all of this is coming out, you know, it's something that sh- that doesn't need to come out. That it really needs to like they need to do some um, some like um, you know, ground control or something, uh, you know, to to kind of like put this to rest. Because once this <coughs> once this comes out, then all the other heads come out. As soon as you cut off the one head, then there's gonna be like six or seven guys coming out the woodworks, and we're really gonna know what's going on behind the scenes. And we don't we don't need that. The NBA doesn't need it, and of course the Knicks don't need it either, man. <sighs> All the stuff that we've been through. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> not to bring his name up, I remember when Larry Brown was here, man. <laughs> oh man, Larry Brown. <laughs> Yo, it was always something with him. Always something. So we we're far removed from that era, but you, you always get the constant flashbacks of it. <laughs> Well, yo, there's there's room. It's not it's not just rumors. I kind of know for a fact that Mitch Robinson was screwed by a lot of his agents. You know, this one one agent in particular, he was he was actually, you know, hitting hitting all the um the the um, content creators up to to repost things and all kind of stuff. And um, it turns out that um that he was doing something to Mitch, and Mitch sued him. You know, and then some other stuff was happening with another agent, same type of thing. You know, so you know these guys, yeah. You know, they, they get screwed by the agent, but the agent's job is not is not to um. Hey, listen, I, I'm gonna screw you, but listen, this is what you need to do so I don't, I don't screw you. You kind of need to educate yourself on the, on these different things. That that's why you know they they people make a big deal about guys going to college. Oh, they need to go to college for two years, this that, and the other, because they need to get some kind of education in there. But it's not necessarily through a college. You you, you kind of if you're gonna be in the NBA, you have to understand that that you're gonna you're the business. You are the business. As soon as you get signed to that contract, well, not not even in high school. These high school kids are already superstars already. So at that point in high school, um, it's more than just um learning it in in a school. You need to get like like uh, financial advisor and get your family together. And everybody everybody needs to read so 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 they can get um you know educated about all the stuff because they they're gonna be getting robbed left and right if you don't know. And they, they, these agents, you know, they don't have to tell you what's going on. You paid them to tell you what's going on, but. You know, accountants and all kind of stuff. Everybody takes money from these guys, man, until they figure it out. You know, shout out to Shaq and these guys. You know, Magic, they figure it out eventually. Yo, yeah, yeah. That's why Leon Rose does great business. It's going to take us a long way. And I'm looking at, um, you know, past tweets and stuff. You know, you got guys like CJ McCollum 
who said exactly what we just said, bro. My guy needs better friends and advisors in his circle. And he re retweeted that at this. It says Nerlens Noel turned down an offer from the Mavs worth roughly $17.5 per year. That was alarming. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope that it, nothing negative going towards the Knicks come out of this, honestly. Or nothing negative about Leon Rose and his business with Rich Paul comes out negative. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the reason why that it took so long for uh, for Leon Rose to really take the job because he got to cut all those loose ends. Everybody got to get paid off or <laughs> set up. You know, hey, listen, if you don't want me to talk, you better give me that office over there and this, that, and the other. And you you got to set guys up to make them, you know, chill out and kind of just do their thing and and don't mess up with what's going on here. So it's interesting. I, I just don't I just don't want to put no heat on that shit, man. I, just, I definitely don't want that to come back on us. And it's crazy because. They was failing to do any meaningful work. And this is just, I'm just reading this off. On Noel's behalf in terms of securing contracts, new endorsement deals, or by offering strategies to Noel on how to maximize his value and earnings. The NBA needs a big brother program. <laughs> they have one of those, though. <laughs> they have one of those. Where? Yeah, like when, when the rookies come in, they, they make them go through like a boot camp kind of thing. And the guys come out there and they tell them all kind of stuff about the NBA, you know, the stuff that they're gonna they can get themselves into, because I mean, there's trouble all around the world. I mean, I guess PJ Washington didn't get that, didn't didn't get that um that email when 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 they sent it out to be at, at the meeting. It's like because he messed up, he gave, gave basically all his bread to that to that young lady that he's messing around with. So I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that, that these guys got to be um, they, I mean, because they are the they are the business. They literally are the business. So they have to you know check all. You know, cross all T's and dot all I's, man, and just be be careful. Even the people closest to you. All like, and to to bring Mitchell Mitchell Robinson into this, you know, they're a business. We call them assets, but at the same time, they're still human. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you an example. Like, I was reading the Mark Berman article, and I think I'm gonna start. I think I'm gonna remove this word out of my basketball vocabulary. IQ. So Mark Berman writes an article about uh, Mitch Robinson, and he he always says about Mitch Robinson, he has a low basketball IQ. So I dis first of all, I strongly disagree with that. Yeah, I disagree with that. He, it's, that's like a low like a low way of calling him stupid. Yes, you know, without calling him stupid. Yes, and that's the reason why I say like I'm, I'm gonna try to remove that word for my basketball vocabulary but at the same time you can't have a low basketball iq break mick on wilt chamberlain's record field goal percentage record because you have to have iq to where to be around basket that takes iq it takes iq to average two plus blocks per game it takes yeah. iq to not play organized basketball for a year then come on to the nba stage and immediately show some type of impact so I, I I was appalled by that article. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't say that, that all, everything that he's done is all physical, you know, just because he's so athletic. 
you know, him him being able to see that that's that's what um the, the when every time somebody brings that up about Mitch Robinson, oh remember when he blocked the shot at the rim and it ran to the corner, blocked the shot. That that um that highlight was making his rounds on Twitter today. But I mean that takes away from everything that he does right on the on the basketball court. That yeah. that one play, but people keep bringing it up. But that's not what makes Mitchell Robinson, um, um, you know, valuable. It's it's his basketball IQ. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, his um his defensive awareness. I, yeah. I guess that might be a better way to say it, right? Defensive awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His his defensive awareness is off the charts, man. He always knows exactly where the ball is going. He always makes the right move for the most part, you know. So he, he is a plus player in in that right. But you know, these these that's what I'm saying. These beat riders and stuff like that. And like especially Mark Berman, the, the, nobody respect those guys no more. Nobody respect Mark, Mark Berman because the stuff that he says about all these these um these players throughout the years, you know, people are tired of it already. And, and me too. I'm I'm really tired of Mark Berman. And shout outs to the chat. Like I, I just put up the chat and um reading your comments, man. Uh, salute to all y'all, man. Boget Bodega Wi-Fi. I was definitely gonna bring that up too. Um, shout outs to Bodega. Jericho Simmons is the only Nick sign the rich paul so for all you jericho sim fans out there he ain't gonna be on the team much longer <laughs> so oh, you, shit. <laughs> you better love him while you can <laughs> yeah man rich, rich paul's connected with lebron james so all these guys idolize lebron james so they want to be able to be in his circle so that's probably why he signed with um with rich paul you know <laughs> it, it, i mean who, who wouldn't you know for, for like a young a young kid like that that's true. And, and what's crazy to, to bring it back even further, um, you brought up how we said when we first hired Leon Rose, CAA was going to take over the Knicks. So it's only four players on the Knicks roster who CAA agents and the rest of them aren't. So that narrative was debunked early. Yeah. But another narrative stemming from that is talking about how Leon Rose got Tibbs. He's um, CAA, mostly ESPN, CAA. <laughs> who else is who else is CAA? Zion, who's who's Zion agent? He's CAA. So it's so many narratives that you could pull from that, and I'm kind of happy for it. Honestly, we finally yeah. good press. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Yeah, but you know ESPN hates us so bad. So, but but they're like like you said, they're predominantly represented by a CAA. So why do they keep messing with us? <laughs> why don't they just leave us alone, man? God damn! Like like we could, we could be like right this this all season we had a flawless all season based on what the Knicks can do for themselves. You know, because like anything else, you know, in the, we well, we talk about trading draft picks. We're not doing none of that stuff. So we we did we did the best that we could. You know, with with the way that we've been doing things up until this point. So I mean, there's nothing really nothing bad to talk about, but they always find something. I don't know what the hell that's about. What is that about? So I I don't know. I don't know if like New Orleans beat writers are are shaky. I don't know if other other fans from other teams. I don't know if they're shaky. Um, it seemed like when the Knicks are doing good, it seemed like everybody else is unhappy. They're very happy at our dysfunction. And we don't have that anymore. So now they look miserable and they type up an article talking about how Zion is probably secretly planning to go to the Knicks. <laughs> 
Yeah, they just pulled that out of nowhere. You, you know what? This probably there probably was a million articles that they, that they wrote and already had it ready to just shoot out as soon as it happened. But when it didn't happen, they're like, "Oh snap! Well, we, oh, we got to do something." There hasn't been any Nick news, whatever. So now, look, out of nowhere, nothing's happening. We just finished summer league, beautiful summer league, great stories all around, and now, um, oh the. Nick's are, you know, the CAA secretly and all this other stuff. Get out of here, man. That has that hasn't happened. Um, that that secret stuff has not happened since um this guy was here, Steve Mills. You know, we haven't had any any secrets or anything like that. Since all those jackasses, Phil Jackson, all the stuff that they were they were doing, the the ranch and all kind of stuff. There's there's no there's no garbage going on in the garden anymore. You know, so uh, they they just kind of pulling their straws right now. Listen. They running them all of these articles and narratives, these dumb articles, these dumb narratives. So now uh, I'm gonna give you an example, right? So ESPN wants Zion Williamson to become a Knicks player. NBA analyst explains why National Sports Network angles for big time players moving to New York and Los Angeles, right? So e- Ethan Strauss, shout outs to Ethan Strauss. You write great articles. You do good work. This article is effing stupid. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read some of this stuff off. I dislike how much of the game behind the game. I dislike how much of the game behind the game is shielded from readers. For example, Creative Arts Agency happens to represent key media personalities at ESPN, which is by design. So, Dahar, let me ask you, right? These key personalities where the hell was they these past seven years before this year where was they I, i'm i'm confused I, let me know i'm confused well yo man uh, this guy um bodega wi-fi he, he's mentioned Stephen a smith you know the, these um they, they they make millions of dollars off off of the off of the knicks on um, bread Stephen a smith's whole career is, is on, on the backs of the knicks the last 20 years you know he cannot he cannot keep the um his the, the the name of the Knicks out of his mouth. Even 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 if we're playing bad, leave us alone. You know? Like we're playing bad. Let, let us let us be bad. Let it, let us be like Minnesota. Minnesota's been bad too. Sacramento's been bad just as long. Leave us alone. You know they, they, you're not bothering Sacramento. Why are you bothering us? That reminds me when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I, I grew I grew up in in, in um, East New York, Brooklyn. Right. So I grew up in a, in a in a predominantly West Indian neighborhood. So I'm like the only Puerto Rican looking motherfucker in the neighborhood. So everybody fucking with me. Why you messing with me for? Like you, you walk past everybody else and you come in to bother me. But now guess what? You bought, you, you mess with the wrong one because I'm the crazy Puerto Rican. You don't you don't you didn't you didn't read the books? You didn't you didn't see the movies? You know what I'm saying? So now you, you made this decision to mess with me. So you mess with the wrong one. So it's the same type of thing. Why are you why are you just picking on on us? Why? Because because it's it's funny to do it. It's like the the cool thing to do. Like, come on, man. Like like chill out with that already. Hey, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Stephen A. Smith is. I, I think he's a Knicks fan. Um, but I think he's a he's a hot topic Knicks fan. So what I mean by that is, if the Knicks are losing and it's a hot topic. He's gonna shout it out, and he's gonna make it look good. <laughs> yeah. If the Knicks are good, he's gonna make it a hot topic. He's gonna shout it out, and he's gonna try to make it look good. He's gonna say, "Oh, we here. We gonna get out the first round. We here." Right. I respect it. I mean, hey, I respect it. Yeah, guys got to do what they got to do to make money. I mean, because right now he's making more than a lot of NBA players. So I mean, 
he's doing something right. So you know, shout out to him, man. Let me hold something. <laughs> so 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 I think I think this goes hand in hand too. COVID uh, destroys most of the NBA's money. Mm-hmm. Past two years, right? So a lot of companies lost money, right? Yeah. The Knicks fight. The Knicks was added on to a lot of live game slots last season. We was added on to a lot of games mid-season um, to do live games on ESPN and stuff, right? Yeah. So they give the Knicks twenty nine. What is it? Twenty nine. Yeah, like 29. Damn near half the schedule almost. So, so, so you give us 29 regular season games on live TV. ESPN is losing employees. They're losing money. I think ESPN is using the Knicks. And I, I have no problem with it. <laughs> no But it goes hand in hand to what Ethan Strauss is saying, even though I think he's a goddamn idiot for this article. But if a lot of CAA uh, agents represent ESPN personalities and we got 29 live games and COVID just hit, they lost a lot of money. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's must-see TV. We, we, we're going we're gonna to boost their economy. Just, you know, the, having the Knicks on TV and all that and keep, you know, their, our, our name in their mouth, that's going to boost their, their – that's like a stimulus package for them. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. That's, I, I mean – I, I guess, man. I guess, man. I, I was sick and tired of everybody teasing us um, every goddamn day, man. Even on first take, the uh, rest of uh, Max Kellerman finally is off first take. Got tired of him trashing my Knicks, bringing up the Knicks randomly on points that don't even matter. Talking about, oh, if the Knicks, the Knicks are, are a playing team and this, that, and the third, and, and the Knicks won't get off the first round. Okay, cool. It's that's cool. That's that's cool if we don't get out the first round next season. Even I call I call out Tim's all the time. It's okay. Yeah, I respect it. You know, that, that's your opinion. That's cool. But you know, like look when he's like, oh, blah, 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 like, get out of here, man. You see they they're, they're not it's they're, it's like somebody have their hand up their ass, you know, like like a Muppet. They basically mm-hmm. do though. That that earpiece in the ear is telling them what to do. So listen, man, you gotta yell you gotta yell louder. Talk about the Knicks again. Say say that thing you just said again. You know, somebody's in his ears telling them what to what to um what to say and stuff. So I, I get it. They, they're a network on um, television thing. We don't like we don't have nobody telling us what to say. So that that's what that's what makes what we do a little bit more authentic. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, mm-hmm. you know, I I kind of want to branch the RJ thing into it too because e- even us fans we we fall victim to that. We kind of repeat what they do. So like nothing's happening. So all of a sudden Zion is secretly. All the secret stuff, like just the Avengers and stuff, like you know the, the freaking secret wars happening behind the scenes and shit, you know. But but now, like amongst Knicks fans, we arguing about RJ Barrett. Like when when did that happen? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The the ascending, the the ascension of, of RJ Barrett is like is like this, and we see him working hard and stuff like that. So how how do we get to the point where we're talking about that RJ Barrett needs to be traded for Wiggins and and all this other stuff and then the guy he you know he can't shoot and he can't do this he can't do that I'm like he averaged 17 points as a second option on, on a um you know playoff team Yo so, yo a couple people more than one said it today that yo um the the RJ Mitch and all these guys would never start on a playoff team we just made the playoffs we just made the playoffs. Am I bugging? Nah, you're not. Yeah, you're not. It, pe- when it comes to RJ Barrett, it seems like the media, 
certain Nick fans and certain people, they just lose brain cells. Like some of their brain cells just leave their body and they just become a little stupid. Um, Chris Middleton shot under 30% from three at 20 years old. Paul George shot under 30% from three. Giannis, under 30% from three. Uh, Kimball Walker shot under 30% from three at 20 years old, the same age as R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was last season. All those players I just named, none of them was playing for a winning team at 20 years old. R.J. Barrett is. Kawhi Leonard then averaged 16 points until his fourth season in the NBA. Nobody knew Kawhi Leonard was a defender until the fifth season in the NBA. We knew he could defend, but we didn't know he was the claw until his fifth, sixth year in the NBA. Um, you could keep going. Like you, like we have to place a lot of our positive energy into RJ Barrett developing into a perennial all-star. We have to. We drafted him third. Yeah. We didn't draft him third for him to play spot up basketball next to Julius Randle. And I, I I love Julius Randle. I'm bullish on him. I still love the guy for what he did for us, right? I don't want RJ Barrett spotting up next to Julius Randle anymore. I want the ball in his hands and running some type of offense because patience is running thin. Um, he's going into his third season, dog. But it shouldn't be though, man, because all the guys that you did you mention before, just to piggyback on what you were saying, um, mm-hmm. like 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 um, you say Kawhi, he, he didn't do nothing into the fourth year. Um, all these guys, all every guy that you mentioned, they didn't do they didn't do nothing um significant. They didn't even get to RJ's level into the fourth year, and nobody better than I. Nobody nobody thought twice about it. They they didn't think that Paul George was gonna be a like a All NBA player. They didn't think Kawhi was gonna be an All NBA player. They weren't even thinking about him until right. they did it. You know what I'm saying? So, so why is everybody so angry at RJ Barrett? Because he's actually doing it faster than they, those guys were doing it. But somehow RJ Barrett is, is the bad guy. You know, you know, yeah. we, you know, we, we was kind of like, you know, snapping on you about the whole MVP stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. you do got a point. You, you drive somebody on um, that high, you do have high expectations on them. But I mean, like, that's another thing too. We, we can't, we can't put the, those, those things on him because, you know, you know, now, now the team, the team is good. You know, so he he doesn't have to have that that pressure on him to do so much if if he can rely on on his other teammates. That that doesn't mean that that he can't ascend. You know, I think RJ Barrett is going to be much better because now he don't have to um to be stressed. You know, um you know I gotta hit this corner three. If I don't, we're gonna lose. You know, or I gotta make this this layup, or, or we're gonna lose. Now he don't have to. Now now that, that that's gonna be the beauty of the, of this team. I, I want to see how how Julius Randle and RJ could just relax. You know, relax and let somebody else do something. You know, yes. not, not not a lot, just enough. So when the ball comes back to me, now look, you, you know, you, you can't guard me one on one. You know, and I've been working on this and working on that. Look, watch out, watch out, um, how, watch how this flows. So I'm I'm hoping that that um that once things get 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 popping, that that um that that really shows shows his, his head, man. The, just the development of this team and just like the calmness that that the extra, you know, um, talent is going to bring to us. So RJ Barry had a better sophomore season than Jason Tatum. I don't even need to name the numbers. If you're a Knicks fan, you already know the numbers. Jason Tatum, third season, he averaged 20-plus points. So that's my expectation. I want to see him average 20-plus points. But to dig dig even further, right, you got a late bloomer like Jimmy Butler. And I got Jimmy Butler stats right in front of me. So Jimmy Butler, his third season, averaged 13 points per game. Now, for context, 
I believe he came off the bench a lot his first two years, and he was playing under Tom Thibodeau. That's, that's just for context, right? His third season, he averaged 13.1 points per game, and he shot 39% from the field. That's his third season. And we all know that Jimmy Butler came into the NBA years older than R.J. Barrett. I need people to stop placing R.J. Barrett in this box of where – and you know why I think people place him in that box, dog? His game not flashy. He's not going to dunk on you. He's not going to double-cross Hezzy, step back three – well, he might because Paul George didn't learn to double Hezzy, step back until he was probably like 24, 25 – well, RJ will bang it on you. He'll he'll bang he'll he'll dunk it on you. You know, but I get you like the the bop the you know the bops and stuff that he don't have. You just don't have that in his game. But you know, you're making that point though. Like the twenty, like twenty and 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 um five rebounds. That's basically six. You know, five points, um, eight rebounds, three assists. That's that's RJ Barrett numbers right there. I can see him doing that easily, easily, yeah. especially next season. It's just the only thing that I'm looking at the number that's very scary, and this is why I hate Tim. It's like, look at you see the minutes per game he was playing. God <laughs> damn, yo, Tibbs, I'm freaking begging for a, a juice break in the game, man. Yo, yo Tibbs, I gotta pee, man. <laughs> 30 and 39 minutes a game. God damn, son. Damn, what, what was the roster looking like? For, uh, well, for that first year with the 20 points, I'm looking at it now, too. That yeah. year when, when Jimmy Butler averaged 20, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. They had decent talent. They had um the well you, you can see it. They had Paul Paul Gasol was on the team still. He was doing 18 and 11. Uh he had Derek Rose giving you 17 and 5. Dunleavy was on the team. He had a bunch of mixed match guys on there. Um Miritic was there, Aaron Brooks, Heinrich, Tosh Gibson was was young then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Very interesting. That's why I, I just like I'm not pulling it, I, I'm not putting a ceiling on that kid anymore. Uh, well, yo, yo, take a look at that roster, though. Isn't that roster kind of similar to what we got? Hold this on, is wait. um, this is the the Bulls. What, what year is this? Uh, 2014, 2015. I'm going to it right now. Let's see this roster. Because I mean, Paul, you know, a Paul Gasol, you know, block shots, you know, but that's you know within context, you know, like like, like we're saying. Um, um, I could see uh Julius Randle giving us 18 and 11 next year. I could see um RJ giving us 20. You know, I could see uh, uh, what's his name, Kemba Walker, giving a seventeen. You know, I could see that happen. So I'm looking at the roster. Okay, you got Jimmy Butler, Aaron Brooks, Mike Dunleavy, Paul Gasol, Taj Gibson, Kirk Heinrich, Doug McDermott, Nikola Mirotic, Nazir Muhammad, Etwan Moore, Joe Kim Noah, Derrick Rose, Tony Snap. Woo! You might have a point here. On. Uh, you might have a point here because of the guard rotation and you have Jimmy Butler, Mike Dunleavy. My only – you got um, more stout defenders on this roster, though. That's the, that's the only difference. Yeah. Um, that's the only difference. But I like the roster makeup, though, for just for Thibodeau, just for our coach. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of, lot of um, similar guys there, like, you know – uh, Heinrich and, and Aaron Brooks and stuff could that, that could be like like uh quickly and um and Burks you know it could be those are like similar mm-hmm. kind of players you know yep yep I, I, yo I always say this I always say this to you bro well now actually when 
uh, free agency was over, this current Nick roster reminds me of the 2004 Indiana Pacer roster. Roster, mm. and I'm 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 just read off some of the names, right? You got Meta Meta World Peace, Ron Artest, Jamal Tinsley, Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, James Jones, Fred Jones, Anthony Johnson, uh, Stephen Jackson, Eddie Gill. Jeff Foster, John Edwards, Dale Davis, Michael Curry, um, Jonathan ben Jonathan Bender. That team had a bunch of wings. They had scoring guards, centers who play a lot of defense, and I just love the makeup of that team. They was tough. They was hard-nosed. All of them defended. When you got Steven Jackson and Ron Artest as your wings, you're going to be tough. You're, you're yeah. going to be tough. Then you got Jermaine O'Neal, and is Jermaine O'Neal better than – is prime Jermaine O'Neal better than prime Julius Randle? Julius Randle's in his prime now. Can we make that assumption yet? Kind of can't. Jermaine O'Neal was the better rim protector. Randle's the better scorer. Well, you know, J Jermaine O'Neal was a beast back in those days too, man. You know, but, you know, I mean, within context, because if you look at Brad Miller, Brad Miller wasn't a rim protector. So you right. can kind of like just just for for conversation, you can swap out the blocks, you know, to give give the blocks to Brad Miller, <laughs> you know, just you know just you know just to you know, just to make the numbers look look similar, you know. But but I, I can see that Jermaine Jermaine O'Neal is 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 our um, what's his name Randall Meta World Peace is, is RJ, you know um you know like like you said uh, Mitchell Robinson is Brad Miller, Tinsley's Walker, Reggie Miller is is Fournier, that's very that is very similar. Al Harrington is freaking Obi. <laughs> oh, I forgot Big Al, man. Yeah, so check it. 12 and 6. 12 and 6 off the bench. You think Obi could do that? Yeah, damn right. Is that a trick question? Wait, wait, Al Harrington, right? Yeah. So can you give us the whole stat line real quick? Um, well, that year, uh, this is the 2002-2003 Indiana Pacers. Mm -hmm. uh, he got that year. He had twelve points. He had six rebounds, uh, one assist, like one steal, basically uh, mm -hmm. half a block. Yeah, the, the percentages and stuff. Uh, he, you know, he he was always pretty decent. Uh, well, th this year he he only had twenty eight percent three, forty three percent from the field. You know, free throw percentage is, is about eighty percent or so. All right, all right. That's that's a good template thing for uh. Obi topping the follow because you know I think Obi could average twelve points, six rebounds per game. But but see the thing here is Al Harrington that year played thirty minutes per game. Now this all goes back to uh, Tom Thibodeau, our goddamn sixty-three year old coach. That I really <laughs> Yo, Tom Thibodeau wasn't coaching that team, man. <laughs> nah, he, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the minutes were, were spread out big time. Don't, I think the only person that played a lot of minutes was Jermaine O'Neal. He had 37 minutes a game. But everybody mm -hmm. else, 33, 31, 30, 30, 30, 30, 20, 30. That was Isaiah Thomas was the coach, by the way. <laughs> That's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Isaiah Thomas, man. Come on, man. Come on. But just looking at our roster maker, man, I, I, I like the way that team looked. And go ahead. Well, um, well, I wasn't gonna say nothing, but I mean, both teams that we just looked at that Chicago Bulls team and this team, mm -hmm. um, this one won forty-eight games, and the Chicago Bulls team won fifty games. So, 
can the Knicks do that? Can we win? Uh, like, um, put it together. Can we win forty nine um games um next year? Hell yeah! I think I honestly, I think anything less than forty seven wins next season is a failure. I, I that's just me personally. I gotta put the I gotta put Tibbs to the fire, man. You too good of a coach. This is probably one of the deepest rosters he's ever had. Granted, he doesn't have a MVP caliber player on the roster right now. We don't know that. We don't yeah. know Randall could be an MVP. We don't know if RJ could pull off an MVP season at 21 years old. I didn't know Derrick Rose was going to be MVP when he was 21 years old. But I knew he was going to be really good. Yeah. So, we don't know what's going to happen next season. I, I know the one thing that I want Tibbs to do. Got to play everybody. He got to play at least eight players 20 minutes per game. And you have to rest Kemba and Rose. It, it's almost like McBride got to play. We have to see McBride. Have to. Well, I mean, you know, Derrick Rose, if you're going to split it, if you split to 48 minutes, and they both get twenty four, that that's that's valid, you know, because they they can't play no less than twenty four, so that that means McBride, you know, don't really have a shot to play unless these guys, you know, miss games because of health reasons, you know. Yep. I mean, we we, we gonna see, but he, I I, I can see the Knicks winning fifty play. I think minimum they should be at forty seven wins. Um, pump, look, pump the brakes, bro. Fifty wins, bro. We got Tibbs, no excuses. I mean, this is the one thing, dog. This, this is this is why I love you, brother. You don't give these dudes no excuses. I don't want to hear no excuses about Tibbs not having the roster. I don't want to hear about talent. I don't want to hear about why he. Do, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, Me, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about it. You know, this I, is I go time. You, you yeah. got the talent. You 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 um you you're Tom Thibodeau. You know, certain things supposed to happen right now. I don't know. Fifty. Uh, these guys are saying uh, Nick's um, one hundred AGM. He's saying fifty-five to sixty wins. Eee. I don't know about that. But one one thing I, I want to point out for the for the same season. This is the same two thousand two two thousand three season. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of competition. The the, um, the New Jersey Nets were popping. Philadelphia seventy yes. sixers um, were popping. Um, yep. Boston Celtics. Orlando was good. Um, Detroit Ooh. was good. Uh, Hornets was good. You know, so they had a lot of they had a lot of big teams there. You know, um, you talk about um, you talk about um, Baron Davis, um, Baron B Diddy Hornets. I believe so. Let me let me um click it. I would put it on the screen, guys, but you know, um, some, something's been going on with the with the stream, so I, I don't, I don't want to like lose the stream or anything like that. But um, yeah, that was um, that was Baron Davis and, and Jamal Mashburn. And and then you you brought up um, you brought up Orlando. That was Tracy McGrady. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, remember they had Ray Allen on in yep. Big Dog. They had Ray Allen, they had Big Dog. J um Jason Kidd was on the Nets. Uh Allen Iverson, the answer, the third best shooting guard of all time, was on the Philadelphia 76ers. So it was a lot of competition. It was a lot of competition. Wow. Yeah, it was it was it was that that time uh it, you know, like like uh, a lot of the young guys, you know, you, you know, when I say younger, I mean like younger than us. You know, they, they always track crack, you know, cracking on the older heads and stuff like that. Oh, y'all was doing this, y'all was doing that. That's I mean, like if you look back and look at the numbers and watch, look at the players that were on these rosters, you like you, you'd be amazed at how ta- how deep and talented these teams were. Who yeah. was coaching these teams, you know, and all this other stuff. 
It's a lot of history in the NBA that you can't just disregard it just because you're young and you just want to be a dick, you know? Yeah, but it's also respecting greatness, right? So, uh, so two examples. One, Hakeem Olajuwon, and God bless, God bless my next man. But Hakeem won champion. He won his first championship with no player that averaged more than thirteen plus points per game in the finals. Greatness, Allen Iverson. I believe his second best player on that. Philadelphia 2001 roster was Eric Snow, and he brought them to the finals <laughs> against Shaq and Kobe. Man, if you want to go into the 2005s, the 2010s, Brandon Roy, Gilbert Arenas, like they can keep. They can keep Yo, can I can I just read off who Allen Iverson took to the finals, man? Go on. The, Theo Ratliff. <laughs> What the hell, Theo Ratliff? No, but Theo Ratliff was a good defender, though. He was a good. He was a good defender, but I mean, Theo Ratliff, Mitchell Robinson. The <laughs> no, Theo, Theo Ratliff looked crazy, man. He he was just he had a, the big old puffy cheeks and whatever, like like he had like like sickle cell or something like that, man. You know, you know, no disrespect oh, for anybody that, that's suffering from that, but I mean, like. You know, let me just read the rest of man. Freaking Eric Snow. Shout out to Dikimi Mutombo, but he couldn't score. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Uh, George Lynch was a starting um small forward. Oh. Aaron McKee. Aaron McKee was like the 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 um the second coming of Kobe when when I Iverson was over there, uh, according <laughs> to them. You know, and he was only giving them 11 points a game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tyrone Hill. Tony Kukoc on his last legs. Vernon Maxwell on his last legs. Mm-hmm. And those Vernon Maxwell, Tony Kukoc, they played with the Hall of Famers, and they was on their last leg. Yeah. Yeah, they were old. Vernon Maxwell was like 35 years old at the time. Woo, Matt Geiger. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember Matt Geiger. Yo, shout yeah, out to Matt Geiger. <laughs> shout out to my man, Andy, man. Yo, he was a bugged out dude, Matt Geiger, man. He looked like a freaking <laughs> white supremacist or whatever the fuck. Oh, he was Matt a scary Geiger. dude, man. Yeah, he looked scary. I ain't gonna lie, he looked scary. I'm yeah. sorry. Roger Bell was like was like a rookie or something like that, or was like mm-hmm. early on oh, in his career. Larry Hughes. I, you know, I, I remember Larry Hughes. Uh, shout out to Knicks 100 AGM. Yo, I, Larry Hughes is one of my favorite players to pick in NBA Live 2001. Because his steal rating was always 99 in every lob. So you had to pick somebody to defend. That was my guy, Larry Hughes. Yo, Iverson, he is – and this is another reason why I respect – like, I don't really respect shooting guards in today's game. And I'm really hoping that the energy that I give R.J. Barrett propels him to to start him. When I look at a guy like Allen Iverson, diehard, who in today's NBA would you take over Iverson? Like prime Allen. If you had a, to take a shooting guard in today's NBA, would you take any one of these dudes over prime Allen Iverson? You know, it, it was just a different game, man. You know, they, they um, it was a lot more physical. You know, and not for nothing, like the, the NBA wasn't really shooting threes like that. You know, Allen Iverson, you know, he was probably shooting more threes than people were doing at the time. You know, so you know, I'm just saying that just to throw it out there, because because like um, just the the era was different, the style of play yeah, yeah. was just a little bit different. But you know, if you want to talk about heart and and the strength and and just the poise and and like everybody's talking junk about him, everybody's worrying about his hair, or he's worrying about his tattoos and and what he's doing off the court and all this other stuff. 
you know, and he's still coming to gym even though no practice and still drop, you know, whatever he want to drop that night. You know, so he he was a great one. People got to put some respect on his name. I see people um talking junk about him like like he's not like one of the greatest um players that ever played, man. Who? Allen Iverson. Woo! Third best shooting guard of all time. Hey, listen, culture icon. Like not, that's another thing too, dog. That this is another thing too. Like this is why I'm so glad. Like we got um RJ Barry, we got Randall now because they could be icons. Being an icon is hard. Right, Allen Iverson was probably the first guy, and I'm talking about like we in the hood, like projects. I, we all love Allen Iverson because he looked like us, right? He looked like the in, the kids from the inner city. We, he looked like a guy we can relate to. He showed no fear on the NBA court at all, no fear. Braids, tattoos, like you just said, and then he wore the hell, he wore whatever the hell he wanted at NBA interviews. I remember he had a, a, a do-rag with a big dicky suit. And it was interviewing. Pause. <laughs> pause, pause. I got pause, you, I got you. Pause. But you, with the you oversized t-shirts and stuff like that, you know, looking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and now I'm looking at today's NBA. I don't see no culture icons, man. Who's it called? Who, James Harden? I don't want to follow that dude. Get the hell yeah. out of here. I see a bunch of cornballs, you know, to <laughs> say the truth. You know, a lot, a lot of cornballs. Probably one shooting guard, Clay Thompson. It, that's probably the only, the only one that I will really show respect and love to it, is Clay. Because these shooting guards in today's NBA, this is why I love RJ Barrett, two way player, right? 40% from three, and he's one of the best defenders on the team. Clay, one of the best shooters of all time. But yeah. the man could shut you down. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yo, yo, he was he was chasing when when, when it was in the playoffs. He was the one chasing Kyrie around. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He and Kyrie <laughs> scraping him, doing all these seven seventeen counter moves and stuff like that. And then he got to go on the other side and nail jump jump shots like like mm -hmm. it ain't nothing, you know. And he mm -hmm. did it. Yeah, he's gonna go down as one of the greatest, man, big time. Big time. That's man. That's why. I that's why I hold RJ to my heart, man. I grew up with guys like Allen Iverson, Kobe, Gilbert Arenas, Brandon Roy. Who else, man? Danny Granger. I'm trying to think of all these dudes. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. You know, these power forwards in today's game don't even impress me like that. <laughs> so so this guy, Canal, we gotta give him some some um some shine. He said, um, he said, stop. AI was not and is not better than Jordan on Kobe Drexler or, or the big old. I said third best shooting guard of all time, dog. Right. You don't talk black Jesus, and we leave Kobe Bean Bryant, we leave him a B. Those two will never be touched. Right. Allen Iverson is better than Clyde Drexler, brother. And, and Big O is a point guard. I'm so sorry. Iverson is better than Clyde Drexler. But it's, it's debatable because you, you got to throw Dwayne Wade in there somewhere too, you know. All, all that, you know, all that's pretty, pretty debatable. I got Wade at four. I got way that for. I got it's it's just the cultural impact. The impact Iverson had on the league, yeah, it is different. Yeah, and he shook Jordan out of his shoes too. <laughs> so that's <laughs> people that that happened, yo. It kind of it kind of scares me, you know, a little bit because because like I remember Iverson like 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 as a kid, like like um like it was yesterday. 
you know, but now we're talking about that. That shit happened like damn it, 20 something years ago now. Nice. That is scary, man. And, and then we got we got kids now that's dressed just like obviously with the tattoos and everything. They think they're doing something new. That's something that guys been doing for 20 years already. You know, that, that's something that my grandmother used to say when I was a kid. Like, oh, come on, grandma. Mm -hmm. And now look at this. I'm about I'm like near grandma's age, getting close to it. Now and I'm gonna be saying the same thing to 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 the kids coming up. Yeah, but it's it's actually true though. And, and people wear Iverson sneakers and all, and all that stuff. Jordans, they still wear that stuff. So it's it's a little bit different how uh, how how this era is. And because you know, hip hop, hip hop, not not much has changed with the culture because it's a culture. So not much has changed over the last like 20, 20 years or so. Yep, it just adapts. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, maybe one thing is a little bit more popular than others, or they flip it a little bit different. But it's still the same thing, you know. Yep, yep. It's the well. It depends. It depends on what 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 type of hip hop you listen to, because yeah. hip hop is just like the NBA. <laughs> like as it get older, it evolves more and more and more. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you get, like, if you go down the rabbit hole, sometimes even even like in the early hip hop, there was a lot of really crazy like like um like gangster rap like in the early days. You know, like, you were talking about Schoolie D and all this other stuff. So the, the stuff that he was saying in some ways is kind of like the drill rap that's happening now. So mm -hmm. the drill rap might they might have took it to the next level with the with the craziness. But you know, mm -hmm. a guy like like Schoolie D he was saying a bunch of wild stuff. At, you know, back in the in the eighties and stuff. So mm -hmm. you know, guys just take it and flip it how they want to do it. You know. Yep, and and now let's bring it back to the to the current Knicks, right? The the mm -hmm. current Nick roster, right. a living legend in Derrick Rose, like literally, like a living legend <laughs> on your roster, walking Hall of Fame. He's gonna make the Hall of Fame. If Grant Hill made the Hall of Fame, you're best to believe Derrick Rose is gonna make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you got another cultural icon. You got a, a cultural icon only in New York though, but in Kimball Walker, right? If you live in New York, you know who the hell Kemba Walker is. And if you're one of those inner city kids, if you're from the Bronx and you're around my age, you're like 31 and you know about the gauchos and you know about that stuff, do you know who the hell Kemba Walker is? You know who that guy is. Um, Obi Toppin, where he's from, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is in the house. Where his father used to do? EBC, Rucker Park. Dykeman, culture, culture means a lot, man. That that means a lot, and we can we can go down the line. Even though Julius Randle's not um from the city, we're basically taking him in as our our own, and we know he's from Texas. And he got Caden in the stands. You see his wife is in the stands, and they say, hey, 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 what's up, Caden? You know, Caden, you look like a, he a cool kid, and he's not worried about the spotlight. But it's nice to see what we're building here. <laughs> yeah, yo, th that um Julius Randle's son, he gonna be saying, "I'm from New York for the rest of his life, man." They they might move, you know, back to Texas or whatever. He be like, "Nah, man, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York." We talking about, you know, he gonna be saying that for forever. That's that's what we do. I have, I, yo, I haven't lived in Brooklyn in in like, well, I haven't lived in Brooklyn in about ten years. But you know, I'll never say that I'm from I'm from another part of the city. I'm from I'm from Brooklyn, East New York. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? There always will be that. No matter where I am, I could be in, in space and whatever. I'm, I'm always going to be, be representing where, where I come from and stuff. That's, that's just what New York is. Mm -hmm. Oh, RJ Barrett parents. Brooklyn. They're from Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> and, and he used to come here in the summertime hanging out with his, with his family and stuff like that. I, mm -hmm. I know what that's all about. And this is what I mean by icon. 
Where are now RJ Barrett? We claim him, right? We know he's from Brooklyn. But what's the other place that claims RJ Barrett? The man got a whole nation of Canada bomb. Yeah. A whole nation. Whole nation. So if he was the winner chip in the city, do you know how revered that man would be? He would be loved in two continents. <laughs> Yeah, man. There was some. I can't. I can't get it right now. But like they, they have the the carnival up in um in Canada, man. It, if the Knicks ever win a championship, he'll be he'll be he'll be like a like he's already a god already, man. But for that thing, man, he'll be he'll be like Jesus walking walking down the parkway oh, with us. Yo, shout out another guy. You want to talk about icons too? Evan Fournier for France. He's probably like one of the top five French players that ever played the game. You know, and you see what he's doing for the for the national team. And mm-hmm. he grew up a Knicks. You know, he grew up a Knicks fan. He wanted to be a Knicks fan. And he got a black wife. <laughs> you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah, man. His, his, uh, his son's darker than me. You know what I'm saying? Man, no, I I, yo, his, son, his son could be me. <laughs> be about yo, the same nah, color. That took me off guard, bro. Yeah, man. You got to check my Instagram page. I posted it on my Instagram page. Oh, God. I got to go see that, bro. So yeah, every four yeah. years had a little taste of chocolate milk and never went back. <laughs> Nah, man. <laughs> he had some milk and cookies. Yes. <laughs> Yo, oh god. Yeah, he, he was um he was doing a whole New York thing, and he actually um the, the guy he got a picture in the train station, the Seventh Avenue. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm Keep looking it? at it now. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Now. That's nice, man. That's nice. Shout out to Evan Fall, yeah, man. <laughs> Yo, the fields, the fields is here, man. We got the fields going on for the for this team. Man, so yo, you're painting a great picture with this stuff, man. It's 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 just like beautiful stories. And then I, I feel like I feel like those stories are not done. We're not done. You know, I like every every single team, like I, I keep going back to Detroit because Detroit, you know, they had Stackhouse and this, that, and the other. And then when it was time to win the championship, they traded Stackhouse for Rasheed Wallace or whatever. You know, and they got Rasheed Wallace next thing you know they won the championship. Um, shout out to Miami, the first championship. I don't know how they did it, but they they end up getting the glove. They had white chocolate there. They had Shaq there. They had Antoine Walker there. You know, they I don't know how they got these guys, but but uh, everything came together. Freaking Alonzo Mourning with one kidney came back, and then they they won a championship. It, it's just all great stories, and it's it's just energy. Energy brings everything together, and next thing you know, they they won a championship. Um, shout out to Dirk. You know the, uh, how he got Kid and Sean Marion and Jason Terry. How the hell he got these guys together? On his team, and look what look what he did. So I think the Knicks are swirling right now. We, you know, you, you know, from everything that you said with the connections to New York and stuff, we're swirling right now. You know, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of luck, though. We're going to have to be hella lucky. I think we're there, though. I think we're there. Now, I, I think we're there too. I think we're there too. I don't think we're championship contenders yet, but I think we're there. I, I'm just. I really, I, I can't wait for next season, bro. I really yeah. can't, because I, I destroyed Tim. I still think about that playoff uh, matchup we had with the Hawks, and I think about yo, what if Tibbs just did this? What if he just did this? What if he just did this? But y'all always tell me, where, where you wanted him to go, State? You wanted him to go to Kevin Knox? You know that's not possible. You wanted him to right. go to Frank Nelakina? That's not possible. But at the same time, it's like when you do something stupid. By taking Alfred Payton out during the playoffs, which he should have did months prior, and you put in Derrick Rose and you speed up your starting lineup, you, everything's out of whack now. Everything is out of whack. So yeah, I, it's I, valid. 
Everything you said about about Tom Thibodeau is totally valid because even just us fan, fans of the game, like we were ready for 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 Atlanta. We we was like, yo, we're gonna guard them this way. We're gonna guard them now. And then we had like a whole week ahead of them, you know, to to get there. And then once we played them, we were like, yo, what are we doing? What's going on? It's like it's like we we weren't even like we weren't we weren't prepared. And a Tom Thibodeau team, that's the first thing. They're prepared, if anything. You know, you're yeah. going to lose the game because you don't have talent, not because you weren't prepared. But the Knicks lost because they weren't prepared. You know, so he, he deserves all that, that hate. So, wait, hold on. Stay right there. So, you saying that the Knicks lost because we wasn't prepared. You you removed the talent aspect part of that? Yeah, I mean, because, like, because um, we already showed that we can beat them in the regular season. But, you know, you got to step it up in the playoffs, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, but we had, we had a whole week you know, um, to prepare for, for only Atlanta because we knew Atlanta was going to be the, um, the team we had to play. So we, we had a whole week ahead of them to prepare for them, and they were more prepared for uh, to play against us than, than we were to play against them. They, they, had, you know, they had our whole offense out of whack. They had Julius Randle not knowing what, what, what to do. You know, they had, they had um, Reggie Bullock just standing there like a statue. You know, they, they totally, like, you know, it, it, it was, it was um, you know, you just got to tip your hat to a team like that. You know, the, the Knicks just didn't have it. We, you know, we, we, um, talent wise, I think we could have banged with them. You know, even though Atlanta is probably a little bit more talented, but I mean, like, just our perseverance all year, we, we, sh- we should have been able to compete a little bit better, but we just didn't prepare properly for them. Yep. We had and no that, idea. And that's my thing, Dahar. So when people tell me stuff like Tibbs, they have the talent on the bench, I don't give a damn about that because yeah. we got a, we got the better coach, right? 59% career winning percentage in the regular season. Nate, I'm going to call him Nasty Nate because the way he did Tibbs was just disgusting. Nate hasn't got out the first round in five plus years. I think it's eight years. You can't tell me before the playoffs that, yo, we got Tibbs, Julius Randle, he averaged 37 points versus the Hawks, this, that, and third. You can't tell me after the playoffs you was impressed with Tibbs for that. I'm still disgusted with him by it. I was I – was, and let me let me put the blame fairly. RJ was bad. Ted, um, Randall was bad. Burks was bad. Derrick Rose couldn't play no defense, but he he was he was trying. But this all falls back to Tibbs. Yo. This all falls back to Tibbs. Dower. I watched Coach Bud multiple adjustments throughout the playoffs. Another guy, uh, Eric Spoelstra, multiple multiple adjustments. Throughout the playoffs, Tao Lu dusted off uh, 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 Trayman. No, not Trayman. Terrence Mann dusted him off the bench and benched Rajon Rondo. That's when I was really starting to get pissed off with Tibbs. Because if you could bench a Hall of Famer and play a younger guy, why Tibbs couldn't just do anything different than what he was doing, getting his ass kicked? And yeah. And we can say, dude, like, dog, real quick. We can say Frank is trash. We can say Knox is trash. We can say that. That's cool. That's your opinion. You can stick to that. But if I'm watching Reggie Fuller, 34 minutes, zero points, you don't think somebody else on the bench could give you something? You don't think you want to have a different look at anything? So that's the only reason why, like, I always kill Tibbs. And I, I, I'm down on Tibbs at the moment. I'm just pissed off with him. And RJ Barrett did get me hype. Shout out to Wild Boy Ty. RJ Barrett, yo, he got me hyped with that dunk too. When he dunked on Bogey, 
I didn't know he had those type of bungees, but that that was a good dunk though. Yeah. Well, you you're right though, man. You know everything you're saying is is valid. You know, he um you know we didn't we didn't have the talent, but he he had every option to do something different. We we just, we just didn't do it. You know, start. You know the 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 worst thing was was um was taking Alfred Payton and starting Derrick Rose. That should never have happened. Somebody else, he should have did something else. It's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that, that that had to happen. But I mean, like now. Like, like I said, I I don't want to I don't want to um talk about the current roster because I mean you got the talent now you ain't got no you ain't got no um no excuse, no more excuses no more you know yep no more excuses especially at the point guard spot I I, I don't want to hear about the point guard spot this season uh Don uh, I don't yeah. I don't want to hear about about it from nobody yeah because I mean you know Tom Thibodeau like, like he likes to play a certain way whatever so even if Tom Thibodeau forgets about a certain player at least we like let's say if he totally forgets about like Dirk Rose or Burke or something like that but he at least he's playing like the, these guys you know like like um the starters the you know probable starters as long as he's playing those guys at least the talent on the on the court will uh, will make up for it say Kemba will, will make up for it you know Julius Randle all these guys together will make up for it, you know. So, you know, hopefully we, we don't we don't have like that Pat Riley syndrome where where John Starks is is like shooting bricks, you know. But we got Rolando Blackman sitting there with like no scuffs on his sneakers at all, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not, not even a drop of sweat, or haven't even used his, his jersey in like like months, you know. He, you know, he we had him right there to put him in the game to give us a different look, and and Pat Riley refused to do that. So, you know, that's that's um you know the coaching tree right there, the Pat Riley coaching tree. And that's and that's just basically going with who you know, going with who you trust. And I can yeah. understand, I can understand that he trusts Bullock and those dudes. Like I, I understand if I'm a coach and I've been playing the same dudes all season in my rotation, I've been trust believing in them. I'm gonna play them same dudes in the playoffs. That, that, so I agree with that point from Tibbs. But Tibbs, you're smarter than me. You're the coach. You're the actual guy who gets paid to coach. And it looked like you forgot how to coach during the playoffs. Yeah. And your recent resume in the playoffs don't look too good. Because I believe you got four straight first-round exits. Granted, you was on the Timberwolves, but that doesn't matter to me. Because you had you had Carl Anthony Towns and you had Jimmy Butler. That was no excuses. No, no excuses for Tibbs. I'm not giving him no excuses next season. And then we, a, a guy we haven't even mentioned, Emmanuel quickly. So even if Rose and Kimba's out, we got enough guard play. We got enough guard play to where I, I'm not, I, I'm not worried about any injury to any person particular on this team. It's only two people that I need to. They got to stay healthy. It's RJ Barrett. Knock on wood, and that's Julius Randle. Knock on wood. Yeah. Yo, so so if the, if if we had like a like a weakness on the roster, that's basically it. Then they're they're um they're backups. Because I mean, we do have Burke and we do have Obi, but to to back up Julius Randle and RJ is kind of shaky a little bit. Mm. What, do you, what do you think about that? I no. I, I disagree. Well, it depends. So what what position is RJ starting at? Is he starting at small four or is he starting at shooting guard? That's the main thing. 
Well, me, me personally, I mean, they they can um, they they actually can be interchanged depending on matchups and stuff like that. But I think R.J. Barrett is just just for the simple fact that he rebounds better than Fournier, that that he's like the um, you know, the the starting small forward, and then you know he's a better defender too. He'll be able to be more physical against um. Yo, they drag racing in the neighborhood over here, man. They freaking assholes. Yeah. I'm about to start throwing rocks out the window, you fucking cocksuckers. God damn, man. But I mean, you know, you know, I, I think it's interchangeable. It depends. Cause I mean, even if Fournier didn't don't really rebound enough, he's still he's still pretty tall and he's physical, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, it it really depends on matchups and stuff, how how they want to play it. Um, so you you particularly said RJ's backup and Randall's backup. Now, RJ's backup, now depending on what position he plays, you don't know if it's quickly, you don't know if it's Alec Burks. Now, if he's starting that small forward and his backup is Alec Burks, yes, I'm worried about his backup. Yes. Yeah. Because Burks, he's guaranteed, hard. he's going to miss minimum 20 games. Guaranteed. So for those 20 games that he missed. Who do we go to? Grimes. Yeah, that's it. Do, do do you? I mean, I tr- I, I trust Grimes. You know, we, we were we went through that th- this summer league in the beginning. I was calling him hot garbage, and by the end of the summer league, uh, he's like one of my favorite players. You know, so I mean, this this is what we do as as fans and stuff. So I, I actually trust Grimes in that spot, but you know, then again, like like just to have like a little bit of um like uh, flexibility with the roster because you know because I mean things happen. You know, so I mean, I, I, it, to me. Like just um like even with even with Obi, you know, even though I, I you know I think Obi's gonna, you know, he, we're gonna have to play Obi regardless, you know, just for the simple fact of trade value and this that, and that we're gonna have to play Obi even if he plays like shit, you know. But I mean, having like say like I mentioned this before, Malik Beasley, having him, you know, coming off the bench maybe, or just in the stash somewhere, or maybe like um, you know, I can't, I can't even think of who's available at small forward, but like um, what, what's the what's the dude that um that the Lakers picked up, Baysmore, like getting like a Baysmore. Having somebody like that on the roster, similar player to that on the roster, that would be somebody that that we can put in the in the spot, and and like I wouldn't feel as bad, you know. I would feel a little bit more confident having somebody like that backing up the small forward. I'm gonna throw a wrench. I'm gonna throw a wrench at you. I don't even think Grimes gonna play. You know who I think come off the bench before him? Kevin Knox. So the, motherfucking the, Kevin Knox. I'm explaining the reason why, though, right? You're talking about a locker room. We're talking about a locker room now, right? Right. If Burks go down, Knox is going to get off that bench before Grimes. Only because he's an asset. You want to see if he can play. And also Grimes is a rookie. So I don't think Tibbs would throw out the young wing before he throw out the guy who's been in the NBA already. So Training camp. Training camp is gonna be a motherfucker. Woo! <laughs> yo, yo, they're gonna have open practice. I'm gonna try my best to get in that open practice. I'm gonna call out sick and whatever I need to do to get there. I want, I want to get to open practice. I want to see what they're saying, you know, on the side. You know, or I want to see them, you know, getting yeah. at each other. You know, I just want to see them sweating on each other, man. Because not because then you know where where guys are coming from. You know, yeah. so I, I wish I wish I could just I wish I could just apply for like a custodial job or something. You know, what I'm saying just so I could be in the building and watch these guys practice, man. And and and, and please go to I am Jarrell comment real quick. Grimes over Knox, please. You might be right, brother. You might be right, OG. But locker room, Tibbs is going to have Knox get off that bench before Grimes. 
I promise you that. So don't be mad if you see Kevin Knox before Grimes. And another thing that kills me, Dion, this, this kills me. People play favorites too much, right? So you say Grimes over Knox, please. How the hell are you going to love Grimes over Knox already? And he ain't even stepped on the court yet. And we subjected Kevin Knox to David Fisdale, and you don't want to, you don't give that man no love. God damn, he's our draft pick. He, he, we got to support him too, you know. That's another thing that kills me, dog, with a lot of Nick content creators because they'll show favoritism. I didn't see dudes call Frank Nilakina. I didn't listen to podcasts. They call Frank Nilakina the next Kawhi Leonard, man. I didn't hear podcasts say this. I didn't hear Nick content creators say that on podcasts and then turn around and say oh kevin knox he's gonna be james posey he might as well go to china how how they saw the same thing with the same eyes you know and they you know people just say anything man it's, it's just it's just crazy yo like I, I don't i don't believe in kevin knox but i'm not gonna dis- disrespect him to the point you know when i'm just dragging him in the street like like he's like like he's no nothing or whatever but i mean like you know, like somebody said it here, he's like in his last um last year of his contract. He's in the contract year. P shout out to P Ramos. You know, he's in the he's in a contract year. So I mean, if if he wants to, you know, if Kevin Knox wants to be in the NBA, he got to show something. Yeah, yeah. He him. That's the guy who, when you said training camp, he's the guy that needs to go on the training camp. Book bag, headphones. I'm not talking to nobody. Everybody, yeah. the enemy in here. Everybody. He needs to cop some black and ones, you know, you know, Air Force Ones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, when you when you see somebody in the park mm-hmm. with black Air Force Ones, you know what time it is already, right? So and, and, and look at the chat, right? Look, look at the chat. You know, never seen Knox picking up anybody on, on D like Grimes can. We're talking about summer league, dog. We're talking about summer league. He, matter of fact, just for context, just for you, Earl. Sevi, Kevin Knox had the second most blocks on the Knicks in 2019, and he had more blocks than Julius Randle and Bobby Porter's combined. So you can't tell me the kid don't got no 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 talent. Kevin Knox is also the youngest Nick with 25 and 15 rebounds. So you can't tell me he don't got no talent. We you love that stat, man, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know I you know I love that stat. Yeah, it, it, it happened though. He just he he scored thirty points once once too, man. So thirty one and seven on Giannis. I remember that so, like, game. That like, was up in terrible. <laughs> I was like, yo, let's go, let's go, kill Giannis. So don't, oh, don't give me this. Never seen Knox picking up anybody on D like Brown. Yeah, you sure you don't? You sure you don't got that shit tattooed on your on your chest, man? Oh, like, nah. like, like fucking thug life. You got <laughs> Knox scored thirty whatever whatever on Giannis in nineteen whatever. 18, whatever the fuck. It's, it's tattooed on the left side of my brain, the little, the, the, the small part of my brain is tattooed. I got you. <laughs> but, you know, also, too, I, I mentioned this um, plenty of times, too. Um, um, you know, shout out to um, OG Sim, nothing mm-hmm. but Nick's. He, um, he did a whole um, podcast about, about um, Kevin Knox's ability to um, work in the, in the pick and roll. So he, he actually is pretty decent in, the, in if you run those sets for him and stuff. So he's not a complete bum, but it's just it's just like there's something going on in his head. Like like you know when you talk about like somebody being book smart and street mm-hmm. smart, he's like book smart. So I mean like if if you run him through, let's say if he was working out for a team, he's gonna blow the team away. Like wow, this guy is the, his his workout is incredible. But like how how does the workout don't translate? You know something in between the workout and the actual game that something is missing. You know something's not 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 crossing. You know. 
So I, I just think that's what Knox is, man. He has all the talent. He has the size. He has the body. He has the jump shot. He got his handles not that bad. You know, you know what I'm saying? He can't finish strong. It's like, what is going on in his mind? You know, I you know, I think I think he just needs to pull up to Dykeman or something like that. It's too uh-huh. late now, but he needs to pull up to some of these um open runs and just call next. Yeah. And, yeah, and don't leave. Play the whole summer, you know. And, you know, and, you know two things. Where the hell did Kevin Knox flow to go? That's the first thing. Did t- did Fisdale remove that from his game? Because I love the Kevin Knox floaters. That was that was just my thing personally. I love the Kevin Knox floaters. And the second thing, chat, you're not wrong. Knox motor is like a 1970s Cadillac. <laughs> like you don't know what you're gonna get. But it, those it, are some it, good cars, though. Those, they those Cadillacs. Some, they are some good cars. <laughs> but the engine old man, but. All our other draft picks from Obi to quickly, all those guys got a motor. But y'all can't crap on Kevin Knox defense and then tell me Obi and quickly could defend. Because quickly can't guard a ghost if it smacked them. Don't get me started with Obi. If you gonna if you gonna put stock in summer league and tell me Obi's a good defender now because of summer league. <laughs> Oh, oh God, man! Yo, rest in peace to carburetors, man. Those shit sucked. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that likes cars, you know the fucking carburetors. God damn! Thank God they got rid of them shits. Yeah, he's not fuel injected. Knox ain't fuel injected. Yeah, <laughs> and and they're not wrong. His motor is not. His motor is bad. His motor is bad. Grimes got a motor, right? McBride got a motor. Oh. I remember that. I game. think that's what happened. I think he snatched his soul right out of his body. Just <laughs> just like Bodega Wi-Fi said. Because you know, that series, you know, like when uh you know when Knox was there, we thought that Knox that was gonna be Knox's coming out, you know, thing. And after that play, I feel like he just pulled it like like the um, you know, what, what like the Doctor Strange, the the freaking um the ancient one when when well, the, the ancient machine, one which he knocked his soul. <laughs> yeah, knocked the soul right out of out of, out of the Hulk and stuff, man. So I think that's exactly what happened to Knox when um when he faced Zion. But but he outplayed Zion on that game. And he blocked Zion twice that game. Yeah, he did. He it's played okay. hard. It, it, it's okay. And he got but, it in him, man. He got it in him. It quickly, quickly plays no defense whatsoever. I don't give a damn what anybody says in his chat. He ple- his defense is terrible. It's disgusting. So yeah. don't 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 tell me about Kevin Knox defense and, and quickly defense is suspect. Very suspect. Um, but you know, quickly got balls though. You know, nothing. Like y- yes, yes. That's the, that's the only thing that's that's really like you know he he can't defend, but just the simple fact that he's not afraid and he's not afraid to challenge somebody. Mm-hmm. That that's a, that's an asset in itself too. Knox don't have that. No, you know no, I mean? no. I definitely agree with that. Knox don't have the warning. Uh, quickly got cojones. Uh, Obi Toppin. Don't get me wrong. Obi Toppin defense. It ain't spectacular, but that man got a motor. His motor yeah. never turns off. And, and yeah. that's the one characteristic I really love about Obi Toppin. The dude, yeah. the, the dude motor never never runs off, man. Yeah, he's never gonna effort. You're never gonna say that Obi Toppin wasn't playing hard. Never. Never nah. gonna say that. No, no. I hope I do. We turned the dynamics into, into a freaking uh, Telemundo over here. Oh <laughs> man, yo. Say cojones, we got Basuda going on here. 
<laughs> oh, Gino, my Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord. You talk to your mother with that mouth, Gino? Oh, Gino, Jesus. come on. Ah, oh, Gino, come on, Gino. But they right, oh, though. Geez. They, they definitely right, man. The Knicks, um, the days of the, the cup flipping on the sideline, you know, those days are done. The LOL Knicks days are done. The, oh, I'm just going to blame James Dolan because I don't like James Dolan. Days are yeah. done. The, oh, we don't have nobody else to blame, so just, let's just make up a headline and put the Knicks in it so we can still get our clicks and, and, and laughs at them. Those days are done. So, yeah. I, culture. <laughs> yeah, we are the culture. Me and you right here, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> culture. What it is. Well, that's how I got I got everything out of me. I ain't I, I got nothing more. <laughs> I, I had a joke. I had a joke with him. I'll just leave it. I'll leave it out alone. I'll leave it alone. Because I mean, this this guy was was who did it? Gino Gino is gonna bring the the um the bad out of this show. I could I could I could feel it. <laughs> um, I, and another thing too, like we should want. You know, last, last last thing, but we should want Kevin Knox to. I'm just saying for all of our draft picks, we should want them to take a spot from a veteran guy, because that means that they're playing well, and we know that Thibodeau is not going to give cookie minutes. Well, I don't know because that man like he lied about Alfred Payton, so I don't know what the hell he lied about. But if Knox goes to training camp and he comes with that fire and desire. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll see him play. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's imagine if Kevin Knox get a rotation spot, Burke slides down to the two, and then quickly situational. <laughs> it's possible. That's possible. <laughs> that is possible. Because it, it really comes down to defense. Like if if um, Burke is, is cooking, we got rolls. And um, like I said, like you said, if Knox comes in, then what do what do we need quickly for? <laughs> That's crazy. Yo, it, and, yo. Then, and then at that point, I'd rather play uh, McBride. When you talking about depth chart, I'd rather Ooh. call McBride's name at that point now instead of quickly. If you're gonna bring him that far down the depth chart, oh, you going into it? Are you going into a place <laughs> nobody really want to talk about? Oh man, hands at a time. Got a girl in there. You going into a place? Cause I remember I said that to somebody too, and I was just trolling. Like I was trolling. It was a regular day. I was trolling. I said, "Yo, you know, you know, McBride or Knox, if one of those two play very well, quickly going to be situational, right?" And, but I was playing though. Like I was dead playing around. Like, but it kind of can happen though. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> now all of the politics is gone. Well, hopefully MSG politics is gone. We got Tibbs guys. Now you got his guys. We spent all our cash space, so there ain't no excuses. So I would like to see a fair competition of minutes this season. If Burks is not giving effort on defense, he should not play. That, that last season there was times he did not give effort on defense. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have been playing. But we had to lean on him because we had nobody else to score. That's not the case this season. That's not, that's nowhere near the case. So I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued at, at, upon who's going to be situational. At that point, we call Paul. 
Who do we call Portland though? Like, if, if you're talking, I, I guess he's talking about um, trading quickly. Who, then who do we? Not for Dame. Not not for Dame. I damn sure don't want no Dame. The I, thing about Dame, you know, I, I mentioned him before, but like, if but there's no way that we can get Dame because he just makes too much, man. He makes like he's gonna he makes like forty something. He's going into fifty something million dollars, man. So we just don't have the assets to to uh, to trade something like that unless we want to throw um Julius Randle into that into that mix, and I don't think we're doing that. <laughs> and, you know. And, and I already told you before, dog. Like, I love I love our young core, and you know, Bleacher Report's top ten young cores in the NBA. They got the Knicks ranked ninth. They got the Hornets eighth. The Mavericks seventh. That's stupid to me. How the Mavericks got a top ten young core? They only have Luca, but okay. Suns fifth, Grizzlies fourth, Pelicans third, Celtics second, Hawks is first. I love the young core that we got, but I think the only person, and this it, this is just me, like really like looking at the landscape and looking at how Leon Rose positioned the roster. I think the only person we'll probably see on this roster from this current Nick team a few years from now is RJ Barrett. Honestly, I, I think they're going to look, think of this trade package, right? Mitchell Robinson, Obi Topping, Emmanuel Quickly, probably Alec Burks or Evan Fournier, one of those guys, four first-round picks. That's enticing. Because to, to get who? I don't know. That's the point. Oh. <laughs> that I, I don't know. But that's the start-off. Quickly, Obi, Mitch, three or four first-round picks. That's the start-off. I don't know who, though. Oh. I threw Cat into the into the equation last night when he was on guard up. I threw um um what's his name Carl Anthony Towns into that into that mix. Why is what about what about Carl Anthony Towns man? What about Carl Anthony Towns that people keep bringing this up? Well, you know you know he he just has the the connections with the the whole Kentucky thing really that that's really it. Also the Tibbs stuff, you know, you know um, Wiggins, you know we 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 um we were saying hell no at one point, but then now we starting talking about Wiggins so. You know, it, it's it's really just about opportunity and stuff. But you know, th- think about it like this, because I mean, um, you know, I don't I don't have his, his salary right up at at the moment, but I believe he makes about thirty something million right now per year, thirty something. So I mean, thirty something million right there, that's that's attainable. We can um, we can um sign it. Say say if we keep Mitchell Robinson this year, and this is something that we do next off season, we could sign and trade Mitchell Robinson to Minnesota. We could throw Burks over there. We could throw Noel over there. Now now you're talking about throwing those those um. You know, draft picks or whatever, maybe quickly, because quickly the situation now, right? You know what I'm saying? So I mean we could we could do that. Maybe even Obi, throw Obi over there. You know, so that that's not that's not um gutting the roster. You know, that that's only the guys that we don't necessarily care about. These guys are only on two year deals, you know, whatever. So we don't care about Noel. We don't really necessarily care about Burks. You know, Mitch Robinson, we traded him, we don't care about him either. Obi Topic could go, you know, maybe even quickly could go. At, at, at that point now, you don't you don't stick four draft picks, maybe two draft picks at that point. You know, you can get cat for that. And then now, now with your starting lineup, you're talking about Julius Randle, you're talking about RJ, Cat, freaking um, you know, Walker and Fournier. And you still got Rose, you know. You know, and then now you upgrade um Grimes to, to the next spot, McBride comes up, you know, and then now you look to now you start playing that that veteran uh, minimum game where you just signing guys, you know, for the minimum. Somebody's gonna come. You know, somebody you know, just look at the Lakers. People always um sign the cheap contracts because they they thirsty for a championship. You know what I'm saying? So that could be disgusting, actually. Um, 
I got a, I got a real legit. I got a question. Yeah. So this is we staying on the um Carl Anthony Town subject. Do you think a a a, a wig a Carl Anthony Towns, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett? That's your front court. That's your three guys that you got in the front court. Yeah. Now between Randle and Carl Anthony Towns, that's a that's almost sixty million. Well, at this point, we're going for the championship, though. At this point, so we the, the salary don't don't matter really. So, so, so basically, what you're saying is after we at after you would trade for Carl Anthony Towns, then you got Carl Anthony Towns, Julius Randle, uh, R.J. Barrett. You still got Grimes. You still got uh, Walker Rose and Fournier. Walker Rose and Fournier. You would have to trade Fournier or Burks. So you saying you would keep Fournier? You yeah. would try to keep Fournier. Yep. Don't fight it, State. Don't fight it. Because <laughs> now, now you're talking about Carl Anthony Towns is like a 20-plus a game score. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle is probably going to go take it down a notch. But Julius mm-hmm. Randle is a 20-point a game score. At this point, R.J. Barrett should be a 20-point a game score now because mm-hmm. this is not this year. This is next year. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So you're talking about three guys that potentially could score on 20 points. Um, you know, Kemba used to at that point. Maybe he might be coming down a little bit. Fournier was close to doing that. So now you got a lot of offensive firepower. And you got Tom Thibodeau as the coach that at this point where Car Anthony Towns is not the same dude he was, you know, the, the little man that he was back in back in the time when Tom Thibodeau was there. Now he's a grown man. You know, he you know, lost lives in his family and stuff. So you're just hoping that he ascends into manhood and stuff. So that you know, that's like the magic that I'm talking about. Cause I mean, like everything, everything is swirling right now. Everything is doing doing good, but, but it's like something is needs to happen. I'm not saying it's calling any towns, but we could touch him if you want to. Cause we have we have assets. We could touch him. And and um, you know, if you trade two draft picks, we still could draft people and keep that that um that um you know that furnace burning too. We could still keep drafting guys every year, you know, because we have excess and all and all these all these different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's tough. I, I I don't know if see a lot of people saying no to cat, and I'm 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 gonna speak for those people who saying no to cat to the Knicks. The Carl Anthony Towns Julius Randle front court sounds like a layup line. Just just yeah. personally for me, it sounds like a layup line. Yeah. So Carl Anthony Towns, if he if he if he ever was to come to New York, first thing first, he gotta give a shit about defense. Yeah. He, he, he got to give a shit about deep. Even if Thibodeau is not the coach and you probably promote Johnny O'Brien, he still need to play defense. Um, and then it's just about heart. Do people, do Carly Day Towns have the heart now? Because before he put, he played, he's a very great player. But you giving me 25 points, 11 rebounds, four assists with no heart. What are you going to do? Where's the heart at? That that's what people want to know. <laughs> you know, somebody was funny earlier. They they mentioned the Wizard of Oz. So what if what if they what if they go see the Wizard and they get him a heart? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, like, you know, I'm I'm just joking, but I mean, like, he he's he's only 25, you know, and then he's already putting up 25. Like you said, all those numbers that he throws out there, mm-hmm. plus great shooting percentages too. So um, like uh, next year he'll be entering his prime. He'll be 26, you know, Ooh. entering the prime years. 
So, you know, what's he going to do in his prime once once all the stuff that he was able to do and he finally gets it together, you know, then, then what, you know? So it, it, it's funny. Now, day by day, Knicks ain't winning Jack with that roster with the Nets around. The Nets didn't even beat the Bucks. So the current boogeyman right now <laughs> is in the Eastern Conference right now. Two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP, one of the best resumes ever for a 26-year-old. I don't want to hear nothing about the Nets. Yo, shout out to Day by Day, but you just got here, man. You know, don't 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 come in here and start talking shit about about what we're saying. You know, that you gotta love Knicks fans. Start always stargazing. Don't get me started. You know what I'm saying? You just got here. We, we, we already on um, about an hour and a half into this podcast. Don't come in here at the last five minutes talking about that that we stargazing and on and all. This. You know what I'm saying? Wait, 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 hold on. Go watch lead the replay. Stargazing. There you go. Lead, lead out real quick. Let, let, let's debunk this, right? Dahar, what happened back in 2010? I don't know, but I'm with it. Tell me what, what happened. So wasn't we supposed to get LeBron James back in 2010? Yeah, we were supposed what to happened? get a lot of things. Oh, we didn't get LeBron James, right? No. What was supposed to happen back in 2018, 2019? Wasn't we supposed to get Kevin Durant? Yeah, and Kyrie was supposed to be coming too. It was, it was a whole. They, they already had the, you know, Stephen A. Smith said, "Yo, they're definitely coming. Everybody's coming." You know, it, you know. So that wasn't few, us. No, so a few years prior, wasn't we supposed to get Lamarcus Aldridge to come join Carmelo Anthony? Because I've seen that rumor before as well. How are we stargazing, and we haven't? And our best free agent to come to the Knicks is Julius Randle in the past twenty years. How are we stargazing? How you sound mad? We just we just got here. Can we enjoy the success? <laughs> yeah, we, we already given the um the subject a little bit too much time anyway. Like like I said, my, my man just came in here five minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? Wipe your feet before you come in the house. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know? Oh god. Yeah, man. take your shoes off one time, man. You know what I'm saying? Before you start walking around and shit. Oh God, man! We got it now. You say now injuries is a part of the sport. I I don't give a damn about your injuries. We're in the same conference. If you're a Nets fan, we're in the same conference, right? Your team has three Hall of Famers currently, and y'all are above the luxury tax uh, limit, and you couldn't get out the second round with three Hall of Famers in your starting lineup. I don't care if they was hurt. I, being hurt is a part of the sport. If the Knicks had Harden, Kyrie, and Durant on their roster, and we didn't get out the second round, <laughs> you want to talk about stargazing? We would have to leave the leave the planet, Knicks fans. Man, there, there would be nowhere that we could hide. You know, there would be aliens in outer space talking. About, oh, you had Kevin Durant. You didn't win to get out the second round. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we would. There would be no place on in, in reality that we'd be able to escape that. You know, but oh. you know, Brooklyn Nets. You know, it's whatever because nobody cares about the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody, nobody, nobody gives a damn. Matter of fact, Kyrie Irving had a 50, 40, 90 season last season. Ask me how many people who brought that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I got dudes that I, that I know they always want to argue with me because they know I'm the Knicks fan, but I don't argue with nobody. You know, you want to nah. argue, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and argue if you want to. Nah. But, you know, as, as they argue, and I said, well, well, you know you got this guy. I mentioned a, mentioned a player. They're like, who? There you go. You know, that's why I ain't arguing with you. <laughs> that's the end of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Goodbye. You know what I'm saying? See you later. 
Yeah, damn, even my wife know who the hell RJ Barrett is. Come on, man. <laughs> Come I mean, on, man. But I, I guess we got everything. Um, I mean, do we not get everything? Every, <laughs> say, every time you do a podcast, we, we freaking like turn every leaf. But I, yeah. I, I felt like the, the, the whole like business aspect was – I'm glad we got on that topic because the NBA is a business – and CAA is a, a, a super agent company, and we got the super agent, the former super agent of CAA as our president of basketball operations, and he does good business. And he, take, he takes care of all his employees. He t- Matter of fact, real quick, he, I believe, Miles Powell, he re-signed, then he re-signed Miles Powell and then released him again the next day so he could get his full salary for the whole season? Yeah. Good business, and then, and then we find out, you know, after the fact that that he's he's about to sue Seton Hall because they messed him up. You know, the medical staff over there in Seton Hall messed him up. You know, you know what I'm saying. So they did a masala to give him a little bit of bread to hold him down until that situation, you know, comes together. So that's that's all good business, like you said. You got you gotta um you gotta make friends because Miles Powell might end up being a sports agent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Down the line. Just like anything, like even like like our jobs and stuff like that, it don't it don't pay to be an asshole at your job because you don't know the guy that you that you shitting on. He gonna be a boss one day. That's you know a fact. If he, if, and if he was good to him, he might bring you up with him. That's a fact. That's a fact. Always treat your people's good. Yo. Always yeah. treat your people's good. Good example. Now I'm a, and, and, and I'm gonna be out. Um, y'all know where to follow the podcast. You know, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, everything, everything. Y'all know where to find us, man. Uh, Spotify, we just said this a million times already. But real quick, now you said do people now do good for others the way you want them to treat you or do good for you, right? right. So I was a cool, I was a cool kid in, in elementary school. And this is somebody from like 20 years ago, right? So when I was looking for an apartment, diehard, right? I was looking everywhere, bro. I was looking everywhere. I had everybody running my credit run this, that, and a third. So I had this particular place run my credit, right? So I get a phone call from this place that ran my credit like two months later. I said, yo, hello? She said, wait, this Sylvester, this uh, uh, this Samantha, my elementary school friend, is the mm-hmm. lady who you give your rent checks to. So that's how, that's how I got the apartment. Now, connects, connections. Do good for your peoples, and we'll show you love later on. Leon Rose is doing good for his peoples. So we're going to get some love later on. Yeah, it's a small world, man. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> small world. But I guess, dog, anything else you want to say, brother? <laughs> Nothing, man. Wipe your feet before you step in the house. You know what I'm talking wow. about? <laughs> That's all I got to say. I like your goddamn feet, man. Oh. Yeah. Shout out to Day by Day, though, man. We appreciate you, Net fans, because it ain't no Net fan. Uh, yeah, no it, doubt. It, it ain't no Net fan TV. It ain't no diehard Nets. It ain't no State of the New York Nets. Oh, my God, that sounds disgusting. State of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, God. Um, but I'm out here, man. Dog, peace out. Peace. Yep. Purell. Man, boys, so, get some soap maybe. on them joints, man. You got some soap on them. <laughs> <laughs> the Purell stuff. <laughs> Thanks, I'm out of here, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, um, Tricky Nikki, appreciate you for um showing love to the chat all night, man. You got those guys going, man. And Nickel for Life, too. Appreciate you, too. But yeah, I'm out of here, man. Nikki might need a piss test, man. (laughs) 
Y'all out, forget I appreciate it. <laughs> <that. laughs> hey, man. Peace, y'all. Yo, yo, like like Stay was saying, thank you everybody for popping in the chat. You know, we, we talk our shit here, man, but it ain't nothing, ain't nothing personal. We just kind of like busting chops and all this other stuff, man. So anyway, thank you for for, for tuning in to Dynex Podcast. You know, I am Jarrell. Everybody here. I'll see you guys at the next one. Peace.